All right, the fight to flourish, part one. Welcome to Fight to Flourish. I'm so, so excited for this time together. I'm excited for um, this, this book and the message in it. Um, just so you know, I won't be able to, to preach through everything in these uh, next weeks together. So be sure you grab the book and we have audiobook and uh, small group curriculum as well. So be sure to, to join in all these things. Basically, uh, I get to, in a way, uh, share kind of a book report on my own book, which I don't know how you feel about book reports, if, if you're currently doing them or not, but I remember loving book reports because usually there was some kind of creative way to be able to like share what it was about. And I was more like, putting more emphasis on the creative part than the actual like report part. That was just me. But um, anyways, consider this, we're, this is a book report and I am getting to share with you um, some of the notes from my book, some of the notes from um, what we've been through as a family. And um, kind of to start off, uh, I took this picture on the way to preaching today and it was a hard moment, I'm gonna be honest. I was listening to worship music coming up to the grave and I just realized um, that I wrote this book because of the fact that Lenya is in heaven and she's not with us anymore. And um, so I put the, the book next to the, the grave and it was just thanking God for his goodness and um, thanking God for the opportunity to to speak and to write and the, the book that he gave me to write. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for it. But to be honest, I wish I didn't have to write this book. And I wish that all the things that God was teaching me, I wish I could have learned them any other way um, than Lenya not being here with us anymore. But in that, I believe that, um, that there's such strength and such uh, grace and such hope. Lenya, if she were here, she would be thir turning 13 this year. I'm sure she and Livy would be riding their bikes together. Um, but I, I just wish I could have learned the truths that are in here. I wish I could have learned them without having to say goodbye to Lenya. And I'm, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God allowed me the privilege of getting to write this as hard as it was. Um, and I, I just believe that the things that he's taught me, I just, I'm so thankful that I get to share them with you and the things that he's still continuing to grow me in. It's a, it's a process. Um, but we're entering into this journey, this four-week journey, um, and I just believe that God has such a deep work for each and every one of us. And I, I just want to encourage you to commit to, to showing up for these these four weeks and to, to lean in and to, and to keep showing up and to invite friends to, to watch and be a part of it. Um, and again, be sure to grab the book. But um, there's a, a verse in Psalm 139 that I just want to pray over you. Um, well, before that, I just want to say we're going to be like posing some questions today that we'll be answering throughout the series. So um, some of those questions are, why do I need to fight to flourish? What's, what's, what's up with the fighting and the flourishing? Um, how can I grow when I don't feel like I'm growing? How can I flourish when I feel like I'm failing most of the time? How can I thrive in the middle of the struggle? 
And so th these are some of these questions that we're just going to kind of let sit for a little bit, and we'll answer some things today. But throughout, the, throughout this series, I'm excited to address some of these things. But overall, my hope for you in all of this is that you would open up your heart to God and that we would all pull this Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24, and truly pray this prayer. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put to me the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me to you. And so I just, my prayer is that we would lean in and receive all that God has for us and just open up our hearts to him. And this message I've called the flourishing life you were born to fight for. The flourishing life you were born to fight for. Let's start here. Flourishing can be so unrelatable at times. I know for me, I see um, the word flourish even, and it's so beautiful and flowery and, and shiny, but I feel like it's so far away from me. And I feel like especially when we feel like we're failing, when I feel like I'm failing, I feel like I can, I'm surely not flourishing right now because of the struggle that I'm in, because of the, the fight that I'm fighting. But the problem, I think, is that we're living in a, a wrong definition of what it means to flourish. We don't feel like we're flourishing because of the struggle, because of the fight, because of the mess that we're in. Life is messy and it hurts, but that is the point. Because flourishing requires dirt. And dirt is not clean, dirt is messy. Uh, it's so funny, Lennox, out of all of our children, is the dirtiest of all. He, he'll just r rummage through grass and rocks and dirt and he comes to me and his, his fingernails are all dirty and his hands are all dirty. Um, but actually, seemingly unnecessary dirt is the rich soil that we need to grow. And your life right now contains everything it needs to thrive. It's actually the struggle and the fight that we need in order to flourish. In my book, I say that true transformation comes not in spite of your struggle, but because of them. They are the very ingredients that God loves to use. And you don't have to have it all together for God to work in you. He just wants you. And that is the truth of the matter. God just wants your heart. He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to run to him. He wants you to call out to him in your pain. He wants, he wants you to call out to him in your heartache, in, in your joys, in your mess. He just wants you. And here's the thing. When we first give our lives to Christ, we surrender to him, that's called justification. And that's basically saying, uh, Jesus, I believe in what you did for me on the cross, that you arose from the dead and you give me this power. But then there's sanctification. And sanctification is where the struggle is. This process, the, the, the initial, God, I, I receive your free gift of salvation. I, I surrender my life to you. And it's beautiful. And it's a moment of, of true surrender to Jesus, to, to the Lord, to, to who he is and what he has for you. But then there's sanctification. And basically, this is a fancy, fancy Nancy word that, set, that, is, that means 
the process from when you give your life to Jesus to when you see him face to face. And it's this whole, whole process and it's messy and the struggle is real within sanctification because we're, we believe in Jesus and we have the hope of heaven that one day we're going to be with him and we have purpose in our pain and we have um, love and life and, and abundant life that Jesus said. He said, I have come so that you may have an abundant life, a flourishing life. But then we still have our sin. We still have our flesh. We still have our shame. We still have our guilt. We still have our struggle and all the, the things that we deal with, the heartache and just, just life. But the truth is, is that this is where we're growing. This is where we're flourishing. And I love how, uh, I don't know if you're a next in fashion uh, fan, but I just started recently watching it. And one, one episode, they said, your struggle is your magic. And I love that because when, when you struggle, when you're going through hard stuff, when you are faced with difficulty and challenges, that's where magic can come out if we truly uh, lean into what God has for us and lean into um, to the pain and, and let God do the work deep, deep, deep in our hearts. Imagine a seed with me. First of all, a little tiny brown, insignificant, kind of ugly little thing. And imagine what it is meant to be, the tree, the plant, the cedar, the, the flower that it's meant to become. Everything that it's meant to become is in that tiny seed. It just needs to be put in the soil. But imagine the seed's surprise when it's put in the soil and it's like, wait, it's dark. What's, what's happening? Is there any hope for me? What, what, what does my future hold? But little does that little seed know that there's going to be a little sprout that comes out of it. And from there, roots that just start going down deep. And the sprout comes up and pokes through the ground and, beco and becomes the plant and then becomes the bloom and becomes the fruit. And everything that the struggle of that little seed to poke through the earth and to become what it's meant to be is all part of the flourishing. I think we think so much that, oh, the flourishing is the bloom and, um, and, what, and what it looks like to, for all to see. But the flourishing is the roots that go down deep, the, the, the struggle. Flourishing is not easy. It's hard. It's not easy. I mean, even in writing this book, and I kind of shared a little bit, but it's, it, was, it was a hard process, and I wanted to quit so many times, and I, and I just kept thinking, I can't be writing a book. I can barely read and finish a book. What, what do I have to offer? I have little kids at home. I lead a church with my husband. This is hard, but God called me to do it, and he honestly, it was almost like he was pushing me, like, okay, there's the next step. Go. There's the next step, go. There's the next step, go. And I probably with a lot more resistance than um, my husband would like to say or God would like to admit, I, I, I did it. But it was not easy. It was hard, but God calls us to do the hard things. Fighting isn't easy. 
I mean, just imagine the battle scenes from Lord of the Rings, Braveheart, Gladiator. I am totally speaking my husband's love language right now. Um, but even fight scenes from Rocky or Million Dollar Baby or C Cinderella Man, um, or if you like UFC, boxing, MMA, uh, WWE, uh, all those different things. I don't even know what all those things stand for. But just imagine those. <clears throat> And, and, and remember, as you've seen them, how messy and bloody and violent and hard and there's death and uh, pain and it's not a pretty thing. I mean, and imagine an uh, Olympic athlete who's training for the Olympics. All the things that it has to go through, the rigorous eating, the, the fighting to become the best runner and snowboarder and continue in that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the image of all of this is hard. Fighting is hard. And my hope for you in all of this is that you would be confident that you were born for this very fight, this fight that you're in now, this fight of our lives, and you were born to flourish in it. And the only way to flourish is to fight. The only way for that seed to become the bloom, to become the tree, is to fight through and to fight in the process. And so that's my, my number one point. My number one point um, is born to fight. You were born to fight. And we see fighting all over the Bible. We see imagery in so many different places in the New Testament that gives us reason to believe and live out that we're meant to fight. We see in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 12, Paul calls us to fight the good fight of faith, to lay hold of eternal life. And verse 10, a little bit earlier, he talks about people dealing with greed and foolishness and harmful lusts, which people pierce themselves through with. But then he says, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, fight the good fight of faith. So it's easy to deal with lusts and greed and selfishness, but it's harder to fight. It's hard to fight this fight of faith. There's an intensity here. There's an intensity to this life that we're meant to live. We're meant to be spiritual athletes. And I don't know how you feel about uh, athleticism, athletics, um, but it's it's a fight and it's hard, but we're meant to have this kind of intensity, this kind of fight. The tension we see is of faith and fighting. We have faith, we expect God to do everything he can do, but then we fight forward to, and do what only we can do. We fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And this word in the Greek is agonizomai, and it means to fight, to contend, to strive, as in a contest for a prize. Uh, we see fight in the dictionary means a battle or a combat, a contest or a struggle. 
Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26, Paul says, Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. And the, the word that Paul uses here is pukteo, which means to box, which is so cool because I love boxing and I just I love this imagery. Um, but he also uses, again, agonizomai, which we just read. And these, these words are not flowery. These words are not dainty. They evoke these gladiator-type images of battle and fight scenes, like I mentioned earlier, not pretty, not clean, not polished, but messy and bloody and painful. And that's full of resolve and effort and energy and stamina and all those things that fire you up and make you passionate and that are just out of the ordinary and not normal. Because normal is easy, but this is out of the ordinary. But what I love is that it's running to receive the prize. Look at verse 24. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. And again, I don't know how you feel about athletics, uh, jogging or running, but there or any other kind. Um, for me, I do like running because I love how it's such a full body workout and I feel like it makes me feel the most fit, but then I hate it because it's running. Um, and there's a difference. I love how he said running aimlessly. There's a jogging leisurely, but then there's running to win an Olympic race. Um, running aimlessly or jogging or beating the air or kind of like shadow boxing. Like there's such a difference between um, running to win a prize, but then running just to run. But then also there's a difference between punching, beating the air and then punching a person and getting punched in the mouth by a person. There's a difference. There's a difference of intensity. There's a difference of endurance and stamina. Um, I, I was reading that jogging is actually really good for you. It improves your stamina. Um, it builds endurance and makes you stronger. It burns excess fat, increases your rate of metabolism, um, increases your capacity to do work, um, manages high blood pressure, um, it's just overall heart healthy and reduces stress. So when I was reading that, I was like, oh man, I really need to start running again. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, but then there's training like an Olympian. And I was reading how Olympic trainers have to, um, people who are training for the Olympics, they have to do DNA testing to figure out their body type and what the best way is for them to eat, to to sleep, the genes that they are dealing with, just the God-given genes, proclivities of if they can do certain things or not, eating right, training hard, sleeping right, resting well, the perseverance. This girl is saying it takes commitment, sacrifice, endurance, pushing yourself with integrity and intensity. Um, and I love she said, when your body is saying no, make the decision in your mind to say yes. And I love that so much because I, I, I feel like I experience that every day where my body's saying, Jenny, no, getting up in the morning. Jenny, no, don't do it. Don't get out of bed. It's so comfortable here. And I have to literally, like this morning, I have to get up and tell myself, 
yes, this is what we're going to do today. We are gonna get out of bed and we are going to give Lennox his chocolate steamer and let him watch a Paw Patrol and we are gonna we're going to read the Bible and we are going to, we're going to do this today. And I have to tell myself, yes, when my body's telling me no. What I love is that this struggle reminds us to look to our Savior because we're in the struggle, we're in the mess, we're in the fight, but it reminds us to look up. And it's in the struggle where we see the flourishing happening right before our eyes. But honestly, we have to see it with the eyes of faith because so often, we can't see the flourishing happening because we know that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And he's working in a deeper way, down deep in the soil that, that we can't even see. And so what do we do? We trust him. We trust him and we believe that he's working even when we can't feel it. And you may not feel like you're flourishing because of the fight, because of the struggle, but it's the embracing of the fight that will create the space to flourish. And whatever fight you might be in today, and I know we all have something we're struggling with, some things we're struggling with every day, but just know that you have the word flourish written all over you and all over your future. You can trust that God is working and keep showing up and letting him do the flourishing work in your life. And that leads me to point number two, and I only have two, so we're, we're almost there. Born to flourish. You are born to flourish. And what a beautiful word that is. I just love it. It's so pretty. <clears throat> but in the dictionary, it means to be in a vigorous state, to thrive, to be in its or in one's prime, to be at um, the height of fame, excellence, influence, to be successful, to prosper, to grow luxuriantly, um, or thrive in growth like a plant. Uh, I love Tim Keller. I, I'm, we're reading his marriage devotional, him and his wife, and I'm reading his Proverbs devotional right now, which is so amazing. But he talks about um, the, the person who um, heeds instruction. He's, he says, whoever, well, this is the Bible, not he. Um, whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. And what he talks about this as, um, as multidimensional flourishing. He says, the Bible is filled with promises of blessedness. The Hebrew word means far more than mere happiness. It means multidimensional flourishing, uh, growth and vibrancy in many different areas. And the definition of flourishing in the Bible, um, in the Hebrew, is parak. And this word means to revive, to blossom, to sprout, to shoot, to become apparent, and to break out. The Greek version of this word is anathalo. And this is used only one time in the New Testament. And it's found in Philippians 4, verse 10, where Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. And this shows us that to flourish means to return to a former state of being. So when God calls us to flourish, it doesn't mean to become something totally different, totally brand new. It means to revive. It means to bring back to life what and who we were meant to be. We weren't created to, uh, to become something totally different but we were created to be, we were destined to become 
what we were originally designed for, what God had in mind for us all along. Um, the plant doesn't become something. So you put a seed in the ground, in the ground, and what comes out isn't the opposite of what's in there. If you put a pumpkin seed in the ground, what's going to come out is a pumpkin. A pumpkin. If you put a daisy seed in the ground, what comes out is going to be a daisy. So it's the same, but it's different of the same. It's re- it's reviving of what once was. Everything that the the butterfly is in the caterpillar. In, in the butterfly is in the caterpillar and the chrysalis and the whole process, that's a, that's a caterpillar, that's a butterfly. The whole process is that. Um, it's, it's a fresh and new uh, life, and, but it's, it's what we were destined for. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have Come. If we're truly going to flourish, we need to fight off those things that are going to keep us from growing, and we need to let in what causes us to thrive. We were meant to grow into the vibrant, vigorous lives that we were destined to live. In Psalm 92, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and that word means to bud, to sprout, to shoot. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. That same word, bud, sprout, shoot in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. And that word, flourishing, is luxuriant, fresh, leafy. I love, I love that image so much. Psalm 103, 15, in the King James Version, says, As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. Flourisheth. I love that. So flourish in this passage, first of all, I love how it says, as for, for man, obviously he's speaking mankind, but let's just go here for a second. He flourishes. This, this word actually is, um, in Hebrew, is masculine. And um, so it's proof that men can flourish. Some men, some men in our lives have been like, oh, is this only for women? And my husband would say um, that he loved it, and he's a man, so maybe it's for you too. But it is proof that men can flourish. Flourish isn't just a word for women. Flourish is a woman... Is, Flourish is a word for men, for, for mankind. It's not just a feminine word. And, and this word in particular means to shine, to sparkle, to blossom, to shine, to gleam as of a crown. And that's just such a, a beautiful picture. I want that to describe my life. I want to be one who sparkles with joy. I want to be one who, who shines with Christ's love in my eyes. Another definition of flourish in the dictionary, not in the Bible, but in the dictionary, is an act or instance of brandishing, which means to shake or wave as a weapon going into battle. How manly is that? You're, you're flourishing your sword going into battle. That's BA flourishing and not just for women. Um, and the second is an ostentatious, um, meaning intended to attract notice, display, to show or exhibit, to make visible or reveal. Uh, to unfold, to open out, to spread out. And this is where flourishing is so beautiful for us in Christ. We flourish when we reflect Jesus. We are meant to be visible displays of Jesus to the world. 
And that leads me to this really sweet picture of the seed packet. I was talking about the, the ugly little seeds earlier, but when you get that packet with the seeds inside of it, you don't really, you don't get the picture on the front of the seed. The picture on the, on the front of the seed packet is what it's going to become. And what's so beautiful is that in our lives, what's on the, the seed packet of our lives is the version of us that we were created to be the most vibrant, vigorous person that we're, we were meant to become, that God designed us to be. But on the other side of that, the picture on our seed packet is Jesus because we're meant to reflect Jesus. It's Christ revealed in me. We're found in Christ. We're saved because of Jesus. And when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus. Um, in Romans 8.29, it says, for he... For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. We aren't meant to become like Christ, to be the picture, imperfect for sure, of him to this world. We can struggle through, walk through, knowing that Jesus has already gone before us and we're meant to follow him. And real quickly, we're basically living from the finish line because Jesus already lived a perfect life, died a sinless death, rose from the grave. He, he ran to win and he won. And yes, we're, we're, we're running to win, we're running to win the prize, but we're living from the finish line. So from now, Forward, We're living from victory and we're running forward to that day when we'll see Jesus face to face, where we'll see our loved ones who have gone before us face, face to face. But now from here until then, we are gonna grow and we're gonna flourish and we're gonna fight through the struggles and the heartaches and the pain and the, and the grief and the shame and the stuff that we feel like isn't doing anything to help us flourish. Remember that it is. I love that Lenya is with Jesus. As much as I wish she was here, I know she's, she's saying, can't wait for you guys to come. She has flourished in the truest meaning of the word. She doesn't have asthma. She doesn't have allergies anymore. There's no grief and there's no sorrow. There's no pain in heaven. In his presence is fullness of joy. She's with Jesus. She is like Jesus and she is with him. And the day is coming for us too. But until then, we're going to fight forward and we're going to allow God to do the work in us in order to flourish. And you can confidently live from the finish line, displaying God's love to a world that's in desperate need. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. God, you are so good. You are so kind. Thank you for your word. Thank you for how even now in this moment, you're meeting us right where we are. And I pray for each and every person who's sitting there watching and at the same time hearing from you. And Lord, I just pray for your overwhelming sense of your presence in their lives. 
And if there's anything in this message that has resonated with you, and you feel the call to commit to fight, to commit to, even if you can't see it, to allow God to work in you and to deepen you, would you just raise your hand or hands as a posture of saying, yes, God, and a posture of saying, I commit, I feel really weak, and I don't know if I can, I can do this, but I say, God, I know with your strength, I'll be able to, and I'll be able to take the next breath, and I'll be able to take the next step. And I just pray, God, your grace over these. I pray your strength in their arms, your strength in their heart. I pray for just an overwhelmed sense of your presence that they would live in light of eternity. You can put your hands down. And if there's anyone who um, doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, but you're feeling that, that pull and you're, you're feeling like maybe God's speaking to you and saying, come, come and see. You're my child and I love you. I just wanna lead you in a prayer and basically you're accepting Jesus. You're trusting that he lived a perfect life and died a sinless death and he rose from the dead for you so that you could have purpose in life now and hope in death. I'm just gonna lead you in a prayer. You can say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I can't fight and flourish in my own strength. I need you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, and I trust you. Lord, would you do a deep work in my heart? Would you use me for your glory? Would you do what only you can do as I fight to flourish? In Jesus' name I pray, amen.